What is going on, Breakthrough Success? Mark Berti here, and we have a really exciting topic and guest for you. One of the things that we all think about is our finances and building them up, but there is something that always gets in the way or usually gets in the way when it comes to us building our wealth, and that is ourselves. So if you want to get out of your own way and create real wealth for yourself, this is going to be a great episode for you. We are joined by a guest who went from working 16 hours a day without earning a profit to generating seven figures working six hours each day. There's a lot of conversation in that already. Her journey started though uh, when she survived a fatal car accident that took the life of her sister. So there is a lot of heartbreak and drama in this journey. She shares all about this in her highly vulnerable book, Sleeping with a Stranger. And she does share that raw story of what happened under the covers in both her business and personal journey. So our guest who joins us is none other than Jessica Zimmerman. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. What an introduction. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Jessica, it certainly is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And I feel like there are so many people who can relate to this idea of working a ton of hours and not getting the income, the wealth that they deserve. So I think we should start with what was the switch you turned on? What were the things you did differently where you went from 16 hours a day and just barely surviving to seven figures of just six hours a day of work? Yeah. Well, for me, and you touched on it for a second, I lost my sister when I was very young. When I was three years old, we were in a car accident and she died and I survived. And I think that right there, you know, people say all the time that life is short, but I really know that to my core and have known that my whole life. And so I think that um, for me, I always wanted to own my own business because I wanted to be in control of my time. And um, when I bought my first business, I was working all of the time. And I, uh, it wasn't until after I had my daughter, um, that I realized, and I came home one night and, um, and she didn't want me. Um, and of course she didn't want me. I'd been gone for 16 hours, you know? Um, and I thought, wow, this is the opposite of why you went into business, you know, and I believed all of those myths, Mark. I believed that, you know, um, you've got to kill yourself for five years without bringing home any income and all that. And like, if you can survive that, then you'll make, I believed that. And I believed everything that I was doing was for the benefit of my business. I don't think anyone goes into business, you know, ready to sabotage. I think that everyone goes into business with the best of intentions. But, um, after that moment, I really got really serious and I, I realized that I needed to buy myself some time. So I got a loan um, just to keep my business afloat so that I could learn basically the foundation of business. Cause I knew I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty smart cookie. I, you know, I just feel like I need to learn a few things. And um, so that's what I did. I just took a little time to learn the foundations of business. And very quickly after that, I, um, you know, was working much fewer hours and actually making money. And those foundational pieces that you learned, can you give us a bit of a walkthrough as to what some of those best ones were? 
Yeah. Well, an example is I owned a rental business. Okay. So like a, like a wedding and event rental business. So it was a nine to five um, store open kind of uh, almost, almost like a retail store, but it was, you know, rental. And so at five o'clock when the doors closed, that's when I could actually do my own work. Right. That's when I could check my email and pay my uh, bills and do the accounting and all of that. Plus I had to get the rentals ready for the weekend ahead. And one day I sat down and I wrote down, okay, I'm going to write down every single person who walks in the door, what they, what they want. I'm going to write down every phone call I get, what they want. Mark, no one wanted to rent from me. Everyone was asking me for directions where the, the great chicken salad restaurant was down the street. Can they use my bathroom? I mean, all these things. And one of my biggest annoyances was that I didn't actually get to do my own work until after five. And so even though the business at that point was bringing in, you know, $30,000 a month, it was spending $30,000 a month. So there was nothing to show for it. And we were doing flowers too for some weddings. And I realized that flowers were really the only thing that I had a good profit on. So I thought, you know what, even if I only do like one floral thing a month, at least I'll, I'll make money. And so I really kind of took it into the perspective of not what do I want for my business, but what do I want for my life? What do I want for my life? And I figured out, you know, I want to be by appointment only so that I can go to my kids, you know, Valentine day party at their preschool or whatever. Um, or if I want a day off to myself or whatever, you know, like I, want to be by appointment only so that I can be in control of that time. And when I really kind of started uh, manipulating my business into what I wanted in my life is when my business really became profitable. And it's interesting. And there's a lesson there. It's interesting how there's what you want for your business, but also what you want for yourself Mm -hmm. and getting clear on the line between those two things and focusing on what you want for yourself. That is going to make the business work more fulfilling and you're just going to enjoy showing up to do your work each day. And an interesting insight is $30,000 a month. Like, you hear that you're like, wow, Jessica is set. But then you hear that it's 30,000 a month in expenses. So, and sometimes re- 31. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, revenue is the thing that people like to throw around to make themselves look really good. Like, you hear about people don't lead with their profit, they lead if they have a job with their annual salary. If you're talking right. about money, but right at the end of the day, it's profit. And Jessica found that her floral line. That was the one bringing in the most profits. So she focused on that. I know that we talked about earlier how you went from 16 hours to six hours and just you were able to make that transformation. Did that involve a lot of delegation or did you make changes to your workflow first? Listen, it took work, but it was about four months of work. And it was, it, you know, it was just what had to be done. It was like, I was not willing to fail at this. Um, and so I figured out a way to get things online. I figured out a way to, you know, revamp my website to where people could, you know, basically, and I, and I have a program called a winning website 
Um, but basically I figured out a way to make my website like a 24 hours a day, seven day a week employee that could answer questions that could schedule appointments for me that could do all these things so that I didn't have to actually like pick up the phone and do that. Um, I, you know, it was just, it, it was, it was very interesting how quickly I was able to become profitable. And I think that there's a lesson there in simply, um, when you align with what you actually want in life, I think sometimes the universe, you know, blesses that. And there is this, I've heard from a lot of people, it's when you set a goal, like the universe somehow aligns and it helps you move towards that goal. And part of getting towards the end result is having that commitment, that dedication. And on YouTube, like I help people who want to grow on YouTube. One of the things that people say all the time is they want to hit a hundred thousand subscribers because you get that silver trophy from YouTube. What does and, that mean, actually? What does that silver trophy mean? Uh, the silver. Do they trophy, get paid money. It, it just says that, like you know, congratulations, you hit a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. You're making a ton of money already because, like, the ads you get a hundred thousand subscribers with millions of views. So the mm -hmm. ad sense is kicking in and the viewership, but. The trophy is just one of those things that, you know, it's like a book behind me or something like that. You just want to prop it up. But sure. uh, there are a lot of YouTubers who want that trophy. There are a lot of YouTubers who want to hit that milestone. The issue is that two, three weeks in, people give up. So mm -hmm. how are we willing, how can we get better at committing to the long term with something? Because wealth is a very long term game. Oh, yeah. Mark, I'm all about the long game. And it's funny, my, my, I have a good friend who says that to me constantly. She goes, I don't know anyone else who is willing to invest in the long game like you are. Um, I don't know why that is. I just, I'm all about, you know, deferred gratification. I learned that at an early age. You know, if, if you can, I, I even remember one of my first jobs, my boss saying, do you realize if you didn't order out? every day for lunch with your employee, like with your other, you know, coworkers, if you would bring a sack lunch and you saved that money, like what that could do for you. And I, that just always stuck with me, deferred gratification. And I just think that, um, you know, even with like the book that I recently released sleeping with a stranger, I had to get a loan to do that, but I see the, you know, the long-term game gain in that. And I'm not, I am not afraid to bet on myself. I think that's really the real thing is that a lot of people are really scared to bet on themselves. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that comes from just confidence or if that comes from just knowing that life is short, like what else do we have to lose? Um, but I, I don't know. I just think that, that, I mean, you do it or you don't, I would rather, I would rather sit on my, I, I think it comes from being three years old and knowing so clearly about death at three and I'm like, I'd rather sit on my deathbed and know I did everything that I wanted and not regret anything. I really think that's where it comes from. We've got more great content coming up, but before we get into that, we have a quick message from our sponsor. Is it possible to be wildly successful as an introvert? An introvert's guide to world domination shows introverts a way to upgrade their lifestyles and get ahead through communication and networking techniques specifically designed with the introvert's needs in mind. By breaking the process down into bite-sized steps, Nick Sheldon offers practical, 
reliable strategies for forming lasting connections with others. An introvert's guide to world domination will help you improve your confidence, strengthen your relationships, and gain access to people and opportunities you've never had before. To learn more about becoming wildly successful as an introvert, make sure you grab your copy of An Introvert's Guide to World Domination, available on Amazon and other retailers as well. And I've heard from people on the show who they have, whether it's a near-death experience themselves or they witness someone close to them die, it really has an impact on you because it's not until you go through something like that or someone close to you dies, I feel like that's when people realize that, oh, life is short. I should take bets on myself. I should do that thing that I've always wanted to do. And people think that life is forever until someone close to them or you yourself go through a near-death experience. I know this happened, the accident happened when you were three. And I feel like we have an idea of how it has shaped you, but how has it also helped you get through some of the other challenges you faced in your life? I mean, it just helps in the sense of knowing that, you know, very little is, I mean, other than like my family, very little is really important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my family is important. Um, If, if tomorrow people hate my work, that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can figure out something else. It's, I think so many times we put so much stake in, in one thing. And it's like, as long as my family is good, I'm good, you know? Um, but I also know that they could be taken away from me like that, Mm. you know? And so for me, as screwed up as this might be, as messed up as this might be, we can ask my therapist who I meet with every week. Um, but the whole going into business for myself was just emotional security. Really. It was like emotional insurance. Um, that in the event we were in a car accident, my whole family died. I would have something that was mine that I could anchor to, that I could hold on to. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) I mean, it's just one of those deep things that happens to some people and it definitely changes the way you view your challenges. I mean, Jessica, like if, if their business suddenly people don't like it, she has no problem with it. She knows she can adapt, but she knows that the people who are important to her are still here. So it yeah, definitely- and life is short. Like people say that all the time, but it really is true. You know, life is short. And so if we can keep dreaming about doing something, you're in and you're out and you're in. And I, I have so many people around me who said, I actually had a conversation today because my husband and I, um, we just bought an Airstream and we are leaving in September to go travel the U.S. for a year with our three children and my six-year-old daughter and my four-year-old twin boys. And I was talking to um, my bank guy who I've dealt with now. He was the guy who gave me the loan to, you know, take some time off to figure it out. I mean, we've been, we've been really good friends throughout and he helped me finance my book and all that. And I said, yeah, here's what we're doing. And he goes, I'm so envious. 
He said, I'm just so, I don't have the balls to do that. Like, I don't have the balls to just like pick up and go. And I'm like, we only live once, you know, like I can't sit here and say that I want to see the United States of America and not, not go do it. Mm. And so I don't know. I just think we really are so much more capable of our life than we think we are. Yeah. If that makes sense. I agree with that. Yeah. And especially long-term, there's like, we underestimate what we could do in the long-term, especially when we really think things out. I do want to go into wealth though, because you bring up, we're talking about how life is so short and wealth is really a long-term game. Yeah. A lot of people who they'll look at their bank account and they'll be disappointed by what number they see. Yeah. And they can, you know, you, you want to pursue wealth. It's not like you want to hear this conversation and say, oh, life is short. I should do other stuff and not pursue wealth. Like that's not what we're trying to do. Like you want to build up wealth, but you also want to do the things that excite you. But how can we not let the number or how can we not let the fact that maybe we're not at wealth yet? How can we not let that bother us and just continue to show up and work, continue to be happy day after day? I think there's two things. I think number one, you have to, I'm a big believer in not, in staying in my own lane and not following anyone who's going to make me feel anything but encouraged, uplifted, um, inspired. And so I have a rule that I'm never going to follow more than 200 people um, because I think that that just helps keep it under control. You know, I mean, there's some people you can look at and they're following like 1400 people. I'm like, how are you, how do you ever get off the damn app? You know, you're always scrolling. Um, but for me, I'm like, if I can keep it at 199 or less, then that's doable. And every single one, I'm not going to follow anyone in my industry because that doesn't do me any good. It just doesn't. I mean, then I'm, then I'm going, well, they're doing this and I'm not. And you know, Hmm. whether we, um, think that that bothers us or not, we're human and it's only natural to compare. And so I only want to follow people who encourage me. Um, I think that that has a big thing to do with it. And I think the second thing is that we have to understand that even though we live in a world that is all about instant everything, instant gratification, wealth is not instant. I mean, for 99.9% of us, it's not going to be instant. I promote that I'm a seven-figure business. Does that mean that I'm a millionaire right now? No. It goes back to what you were saying. Um, you know, uh, it costs a lot of money for me to run the business that I run. Um, am I able to take care of my family? Yeah, but that's about it. (laughs) You know, I'm not able to do, you know, I can bring home a six figure salary that takes care of my family of five, but then I have a lot of other expenses to run the business. And, um, but I do believe that the risks that I have taken, um, even just things like I have purchased land that right now people think, eh, I don't know, but I've had other people who I know are good and wise say to me in 10 years, yep. it's going to be worth 10 times what you yeah. paid. You know, I bought a building 10 years ago and, um, you know, we're about to make, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on it. We, we, we close on it in a couple of, in 10 days, I think actually. Um, you know, I I don't say that to be like, Ooh, look at me. Mm. I just say like, it is a long term. That was a 10 year investment and the land is going to be another 10 year investment. And it's just, 
I don't know. I, I don't know too many 26 year olds who would put everything that they have, you know, on the line to buy a building that's, you know, was built in 1890 and hope that it appreciates, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I just listen to my gut and I, I do that. So that's my biggest piece of advice is listen to your gut. Don't listen to anyone else. Listen to yourself. You got to stay in your own lane. Like you could hear me doing a podcast and you feel like you have to do a podcast for some people. It makes right. sense to do a podcast because there's relationship building. There's a lot of elements to it, but I'll use TikTok as this example. I know people yeah. love it. I know people say you go viral on it. I know people did, they get the really great results from TikTok. TikTok is not for me. I see it as a place where, and I could be totally wrong on this. I, I just see a lot of comedy. I just see a lot of stuff that isn't really as business oriented. And a lot of the business people who I've seen on TikTok, you kind of have to stretch out a business to get an audience. That's just what I've seen. I don't use it, even though people love it. So that's the whole idea Jessica is saying, stay in your own lane. And it's good to listen to people, but it's good to listen to the right people because with the land investment Jessica had, I mean, the people who were telling her it's a bad idea, are they investors? Are they people who have bought real estate before? Are the people telling her it's a good idea? Are they ones who have made investments, who have seen them grow? So you want to definitely, you want to get feedback and stuff, but you want to think who what perspective is the feedback coming from and surrounding yourself with people who help you with your goals? Yeah. Even this Airstream, we haven't told anybody. We even, we met with a realtor today who's selling her house and we said, can you not put a for sale sign in the yard? Can you just have it like, so you don't know we're selling your house unless you are looking online. Um, because I just don't want to hear anything from anybody because I know in my gut that we're doing the right thing. And I think that's really what it comes down to is so many people look for approval mm. and really you just need to listen to yourself. Yeah. Well, there are not enough people who listen to themselves. And when you listen to yourself, you do mm. the work and you keep paying attention. You look at your numbers. That's how growth can really start to happen in a meaningful way. Growth has happened in a very meaningful way for Jessica with her business, with her book, Sleeping with a Stranger. That book has certainly done well. We will throw it in the show notes. Do you want us to go anywhere else to follow your work and journey? Or would you just say, get the book? Yeah. <laughs> go to jessicazimmerman.com. Um, and I've got four, um, programs. One is called know your numbers. It's all about mm -hmm. how to grow your numbers and grow your wealth. And, um, and you can't do that unless you know your numbers, but yeah, you can get the book there and all that good stuff and wherever books are sold. But yeah, jessicazimmerman.com will give you, will give you everything. We'll have that link in the show notes. Make sure you get your copy of Jessica's book, Breakthrough Success Listeners. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. And Jessica, thank you for joining us on thank Breakthrough you. Success. Thanks.